Amen. Thank you, Bree. You know, this uh, passage, this whole time we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount, and it's my privilege to get to be a part of that today, and so I'm grateful for the staff giving me an opportunity to share with you out of my heart. And what a passage. You know, they're all incredible, and uh, the context Pastor Brad has made very clear is Jesus revealing the kingdom of God, his righteous rule and reign in life, in all of life. And also, it's all in the context of relationships. And would you agree with me that there's probably nothing that's going to undermine our relationships with one another like lying? Would, that, would you just about agree with that? There's nothing in a marriage that gets, becomes more detrimental when people aren't being truthful. There's nothing that hurts you more as a parent than when you feel like your kids are lying to you, which has never happened to any of your homes, I know. But if it ever happens, it's very hurtful. And uh, it's true in everything. In fact, even in our courtroom scenes. Any of y'all remember this, uh, this sound right here? Can you, can you think back in your memory? Because it's kind of ingrained in some of us that are over 45. Listen to this. See if you recognize this too. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, let me see your hands if you remember that. Yeah, you're old. <laughs> yes, you are. And then, you know, and more recently, the longest playing, the longest playing, uh, you know, uh, drama on television it has this as its key, key thing that gets into your mind. See if you recognize this one. Are you there? Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah, Law and Order. There you go. And then they make this, you know, they, they have spinoffs of it, right? So uh, now, of course, the picture you probably remember, though, most commonly that, that gets all of us... Uh, laughing really is this picture of this lady you remember her uh, yeah, yeah yeah there she is miss judge judy so uh but probably one of the greatest scenes that you'll ever remember if you've watched any movies at all is this one though do you want the truth you can't handle the truth right now there was a time my son and i memorized that whole dialogue except for the cuss words of course but but you know the truth is oaths Oaths and vows in these courtroom scenes, which is where we usually think about making oaths, you realize what it's basically saying? Uh, we want you to hold your hand up and promise uh, to tell the truth because we know at heart you're a liar. Right? Just think about it. Oaths and vows are made to somehow prove that you can trust what I'm about to say, right? Well, what Jesus is wanting is this. He said, no, I want truth. I want you to be truthful. I want you to have the integrity that Holy Spirit will produce through your life because he is truth. He is truth. So in this passage, and you know that passage that Bree read is really also recorded almost verbatim over in James. Jesus' half-brother wrote this. He says, above all, my brethren, James 5, verse 12, don't swear. Don't swear, uh, you know, by heaven uh, or by earth or with any other oath. Don't swear by your mama's grave. Don't swear by your new Chevy Silverado. You know, anything that's, that's valuable, what they do, they would add stuff to say, oh, I'm so serious. Listen, I'm so serious. I, 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 I swear. And, and we give something of value to kind of validate the fact that, hey, I'm not going to lie to you right here. Now, what was happening in Jesus' case and if any of you picked up one of these note sheets, here's, here's the first thing. You, God just wants you to say yes. That's what he says. He says, I don't want you to be swearing 
by, by my name, we know over in Leviticus, God gives a list of rules. There's all kind of laws. I mean, there wasn't just the 10 big ones. How many of you know that? There were 603 other ones. There are 613 different commands in the law. Now, the 10 big ones cause us to stumble enough, but there's 603 more. Well, one of them was, he says, hey, don't swear. Don't swear. Because he says, when you do, if you make a vow to God and you break it, now you're incurring judgment on yourself. And over in, in, in that passage in Leviticus, I better open my note sheets because y'all are going to wish I did that. Because if not, we're going to go way past time. So, um, but in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 11 through 12, you know, he says, don't steal and don't deal falsely and don't lie to one another. He says, don't swear falsely by my name, because if you profane my name, you will incur judgment. Now, he lists a whole bunch of other things, and then he says this. Uh, you know, you're going to have to bring a guilt offering to the, to the doorway of the tent. You're going to have to bring a ram. Uh, that's not your truck. It's, it, but he says, you're going to have to bring a ram to sacrifice. He says, the priest will make atonement for your sin. God says, it's a sin to use my name in an oath and then to not do what you said now he's just trying to raise the seriousness of letting your yes be yes like jesus said now um what the pharisees were doing in this day and what jesus was talking about when he said hey don't swear by heaven don't swear by the earth you know it's the lord's footstool don't swear by jerusalem you know it's the city of the great king he's don't even swear by your head I mean, you definitely can't keep it in, some of you, but he said you can't make it black or gray he, or white. He says you don't have that kind of power. But what he was telling the Pharisees, you guys are always switching it up. You see, they, made, they had a thing that if you swore to God, I swear to God, you know, that's a sin if you don't keep it. But they said, but you can swear by heaven. That just takes it down a little, seri little less serious. He said, or, or you can swell, swear by the earth, or maybe you swear by the throne. Maybe, maybe you swear on your mama's grave. Something that's important to you. But it's not as serious as swearing to God. And so Jesus said, look, don't swear by heaven. Don't swear by earth. Don't swear by your mama's grave. Don't swear by anything. He says, in fact, just let your yes be yes. Have integrity in your heart that when you say something, people know that you're going to do it. And when you say you're not going to do something, people can write it down, take it to the bank that you're not going to do it. Can you say amen to that? That's what God's looking for in us, every single one of us. Now, um, I, I know that this got drilled into me when, after I became a, a Christ follower. I had a, a, a guy who impacted my life incredibly. This guy right here. His name was Tony Romeo. Now, Tony was the first All-American football player that ever came out of Florida State. Now, this is how old he was. He actually played with Burt Reynolds. And, but he was the campus minister at Western Kentucky University in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where I went to college. 
And Tony was incredible. He, man, he, this guy was bold as a lion, and of course he was big. I mean, he'd have these awesome weights in his office, you know, and he'd, he could curl them. I, you know, I, I could lift them, you know, but he, you know, he'd take one arm and curl. His, his arms were bigger than my thighs. But the biggest thing was he just loved Jesus. And he challenged us to give Jesus our whole heart. And he challenged us to really be committed to follow him no matter what the cost. And so he, he, one of his whole messages was, let your yes be yes. Now, if you took one of those note sheets, look on the back of it. Look on the back of it. I want to show you something. I'll never forget this lesson. Tony, Tony had a way to attract some of the guys, you know, the, the athletic-looking guys. And, and he, he was our flag football coach in the intramurals, so that was a lot of fun. But I'll never forget this time. He says, men... Let your yes be yes, and always say yes to, to Jesus Christ. And he said, here's what I want you to do. He says, write yes. At the, he gave us all a piece of paper. He says, write yes on it. So we wrote yes. He says, now down at the bottom of it, sign your names. Sign your names. He says, and here's the situation. You don't know what Jesus is going to write on that sheet yet. You just don't know. You don't know what situation is going to come into your life, but here's what God wants from your heart. Here's what he wants to develop in your heart, that you're going to always tell the truth, and you're going to say yes to whatever the Lord would ever ask of you. Let your yes be yes. How many of you know that's a pretty big ask? How many of you know Jesus is worth it, though? How many of you know Jesus Christ has the right to ask you to always say yes to whatever he asks of you? How many of you know that? Now, let's just be honest. For some of us, we're going, well, hey, I don't know if I've signed up for that yet. Can I just tell you, you didn't know it. Yes, you did. That's what you signed up for. Well, I, 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 I don't know about that. Let me just help you out today. Say yes. Well, just say, y'all just practice. Say, say yes, Lord. Yeah, let's just practice that again. All of the congregation. Yes, Lord. Let me tell you what that is. That's the sound of revival. You see, God all over the country is stirring people's hearts to seek him with their whole heart and to lay their whole life down before him. In fact, there's a movie that came out. It's in Indy right now. It hasn't got here yet. But when it does, we're probably going to rent out a whole theater to take everybody. It's a, based on a true story that happened almost 50 years ago. Yes, I am that old. And um, it was when I got converted, it was when I made Jesus Lord of my life. And they call it the Jesus Revolution. We actually had hair back then. In fact, we actually had long hair back then. And I have some pictures my kids couldn't believe it. They said, is that you? I went, yeah, that's me. I mean, I actually had abs, too. Because back then, you'd have long hair and you had these rib-knit shirts. You remember that, some of you guys? Yeah, you don't wear those anymore. You wear these. <laughs> you wear loose-fitting sweaters, you know. They just don't accentuate the parts that you really don't want to accentuate. But, boy, back then, it was like, you know, bell-bottom jeans and rib-knit shirts and hair. And, and then God started moving throughout the entire country. It started in Costa Mesa, California at a church called Calvary Chapel. A pastor named Chuck, uh, Chuck Smith, and, and a guy named Lonnie Frisbee. True stories. This guy, and you talk about the mercy and grace of God that we just sang about. This was Lonnie's testimony. The guy came out of homosexuality. 
And the guy, he got converted and got saved. And he had a heartbreak after heartbreak from his childhood. He got married and, and his wife had an affair on him and he ended up going through a divorce. And still, listen, now this is going to rock some of you, theology, but God spirit was poured out into that man and through that man like I believe no one I have ever heard of personally or, or, or ever heard speak and a revival started but here was the message here was the simple message we sang it in that beautiful song thank you thank you Brandon and the team it said God is a God of love God is a God of mercy you need a savior and he's him and Jesus will take you just like you are, and he'll start healing your heart and changing you. He forgives all of your sins, and he makes himself known to you. But here's the other part where we all have to move in 2023. He not only makes himself known to you, he says, I want to make myself known through you. Amen. And that's where God starts doing it. And that's what happened back then. People just said yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, whatever it is you say, I'm, settling, I'm, I'm, I'm settling it now. My response is going to be, by your grace and by your spirit, I will do it. Let me tell you what happened. Our nation got changed. Colleges got changed. They all weren't settling. I mean, boy, if there was ever a time when we need a breath of God through our country and our college system, it's now. Can you say amen to that? And can I just tell you, you can't manufacture it. Brandon said it. You can't manufacture it. You just wait for it. You ask for it. And my response and your response is just say yes. Will you practice with me again? Yes, Lord. That's where he wants us. That's where he wants us. Don't make promises. God says in Psalm 51, verse 6, he says, Lord, you desire truth in the innermost part. Truth in the innermost part. And in the hidden part. You will make me no wisdom. You're going to make me no wisdom. Now that's where God wants us. And see, God right now knows where you are. And he knows that total lordship and always saying yes involves a heart condition of humility and brokenness before God. Now can we just be honest? All of us aren't there right now. And all of us aren't there all the time. But God's patience and God's mercy and God's love is, you got to know it, that's where he's taking all of us. Because Jesus Christ is coming back. How many of you know that? He's coming. He's coming. And he's coming for a, a people that are looking for him. And that's going to be us. Amen? All right. So, so say yes. That's what he says. Say yes. I hope some of you will sign that letter on the back of those note sheets. If you have it, I hope in your heart you'll say, Lord, I'm signing it. I don't know what's coming, but Lord, you do. But I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to follow you. That's the attitude of lordship. And that's what God expects of each of us. See, but pastor, you just don't understand. You don't understand what's going on in my home. You don't understand my husband. You don't understand my kids. You don't understand my job. You don't understand where I'm coming from. Can I just tell you? A lot of that I probably do understand. But a lot of it, you're right, I don't. But God does. And that's why he says, that's okay. I'm merciful enough to whatever's going on in your life, I will be patient and persistent in you to keep dealing with you. Would you say, oh me. 
Because some of you are going, God, I don't know that I really want you to deal with me. Can I just tell you, you already signed up and he's going to. Amen? He's going to. So that's the first thing. Just say yes to God. Now here's the second thing. You've got to follow through with your yeses to other people. You have to follow through with your yeses that you make to other people. Now I just want to tell you, moving up here has been wonderful. But these two months have given me so many opportunities to sin. In this area, I'll go ahead and finish that. Because I cannot tell you how, when I was writing this point out this week, man, I had to repent. Well, no, I, I really already repented, but, you know, it's stuff like this. Honey, my wife would say, will you put those curtain rods up? And I'd say, yeah, sure, tomorrow. I'm doing something right now, but tomorrow I'll put those curtain rods up. And, of course, you know what happens. Curtain, the, tomorrow comes and the curtain rods are still in that Amazon box that has not been opened yet. Right? And then she says, honey, my wife is so, very frugal. She's very good. She's very frugal. But, so instead of one, buying one big rug to put on the new vinyl planks that we put down on the floor, she bought two rugs and puts them together. You know, she saves about $300. And I'm going, I like that. But she says, honey, will you... So she went, you know, Home Depot and Greenwood and, and got the rug tape, you know, that you put on the back. She said, will you tape those two rugs together so they look like one rug instead of, you know, two rugs? Sure, honey, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. Well, more than tomorrow went by, and then we had this heart-to-heart. -heart. These always come. So the heart-to-heart -heart conversation, I'm wanting to watch some more of Castle. We've been watching, we, we binge watch. You know, some of y'all have heard of Castle. It's, really, it's a clean show, but it's eight seasons of it. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I, I'm kind of a conqueror in nature. I'm wanting to conquer Castle, you know what I mean? Well, she, so she has this heart-to-heart, -heart, honey, and she really said this, how can I trust you if you don't keep your word? How can I trust you if you don't keep your word? Now, of course, right then, all I can tell you, praise God, Holy Spirit, help me. I did not react, which I would have very easily done because Castle was, you know, it was just on. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, honey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, I'm going to do both those projects. Well, now, you know, guess what? The next day is do it day, right? Well, and you know what? God gave me grace, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. I got the curtain rods up. She got the curtains up, and you know, and I got that tape, put those two edges together, and taped the rug, and it looks half decent, you know, and, and uh, my wife is happy. But boy, is that not the truth? How can I trust you if you don't keep your word? You see, it is, it's, it's in everything. It's in everything. Reminds me of that story, though. This is, oh, this is bad. This is bad. I mean, it's just so sorry for this. There's this wife, you know, and she's a lot like my wife. She said, honey, will you, will you fix the washing machine? I said, honey, I don't know how to fix the washing machine. Or she, I, I told it on myself. I don't know. You know, she said, no, you can watch YouTube videos. They got a YouTube video for everything now. I'm going, well, you're so smart, you fix it. But uh, I didn't say that. Uh, no, I, I promise you, I, and this is not even me. I, I, I'm making this too personal. Um, <laughs> but this guy said, who do you think I am, the Maytag, Maytag repairman? 
Well, you know, this, this, you, know the, you come up here, you can't have storm doors that leak air because it's freezing. And, uh, you know, and, and, and this person says, will you, will you fix that for, uh, storm door? I think probably all you need is just some weather stripping. And again, the husband thought, well, you know so much about it. You could probably knock that right on out. But, but he said, who do you think I am? The Sears repairman? Right? And then, you know, then, then, then another day, the next day, you know, the washing machine, I mean, I mean the, the car was, uh, the wife says, you know, honey, the car's making a noise, and man, it, that salt's all over it from that freeze we had up at Christmas time, and, and says, can you take my car and get it fixed? Honey, who do you think I am, Mr. Goodrich? You know, excuses. God says, let you yes be yes. So the next day the guy comes home and the car's outside and it's, you know, it's one of those warm days and it is so clean and sparkly and, you know, he opens the door and he notices that, you know, there's some weather stripping on the bottom of it. And he walks in the house and he hears the sound of the washing machine spinning. And so he asks his wife, honey, honey, who fixed all of these things? Did you do that? He goes, no, it was, um, it was our neighbor. And the guy goes, you mean that buff guy that last summer sat out there all the time tanning and sitting in his yard? Yeah, him. He fixed them for us. Well, how much did he charge you? She said, well, he said, you know, either you can make me a nice chocolate cake or you give me a great big kiss. And the husband said, well, honey, what'd you do? She goes, who do you think I am, Betty Crocker? Yeah, here, here, here's the bottom line. Let your yes be yes, amen? Let your yes be yes and your no be no to other people. Keep your word. Just keep your word. Now, you know, this is hard because Psalm 15 has a verse. It's Psalm 15, verse 4, in the last part of it, it says he talks about people who dwell in God's presence. But this is one of the things he describes. He says, a person who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Now, see, sometimes that swearing to your own hurt just means you're going to have to give up some time. Sometimes swearing to your hurt means you're going to have to give up some cash. Sometimes it means you're going to have to change something that you're planning to do. But when you give your word, you keep it. Some other translations say, he who keeps an oath even when it hurts. He keeps his promise even when it hurts. He, he keeps his promise no matter what the cost. He makes a promise and does not break it. Another translation says he keeps his word even to his own disadvantage. He does not change for his own benefit. God says, let your yes be yes. If you say you're going to do it, God says, Holy Spirit says, I'll help you do it. Keep your word. Let integrity be formed inside your heart. Now listen, if you're married with kids, grandchildren, then you're going to be tested with this every single day. You know, I, I had four, four grown children. I have a grown stepson, too, for the last 18 years. Seven grandchildren, five of them boys. I just throw that in there. And you know what? There are times where... You just have to learn to let your yes be yes. Now, I want to give this for a moment to all you young parents. Or if you have grandkids that you have in your home on a regular basis. Because most of us did not learn. I didn't learn this for a while. Because I, I would just get angry instead of learning how to take action. This is what I mean. Tell me if this sounds familiar. 
Uh, you go into the living room, you go into the bedroom, and there's the kids. They're still on their computer. They're on their phone. Maybe back then they were playing Atari. But, you know, they're playing video games. And, you know, and, and anyway, and you say something like this. Hey, listen, I need you to stop what you're doing. I need you to go take a shower or bath and get ready for bed. Or you say, listen, I want you to get off the game. And I want you to come clean up the, clean up, help clean up the kitchen, put the, the dish, dishes out of the dishwasher, Right? And usually their response is, I'll be there in a minute. Okay. So then, back then, for a while, I would come back in five minutes, and guess what? They're still doing that. They're still got the thing going. And I say, listen, I need you to come in there, get off the computer, get off the phone, and come help your mom. Now, what I did, I didn't take action yet, but I just got a little louder. Well, see, the kids learn, I don't have to act yet. I don't have to act till he comes in and I can see the vessels in his head popping out. (laughs) See, when I can start seeing the vessels popping out on the head, I know, okay, it's time to move. You know what it is? You see, the kids learn these things. We teach them these things. Listen, because we're not letting our yes be yes and our no's be no. So I learned this simple, simple thing. And and this, you got to get this in your heart. And it's not too late because you're going to have grandkids if your kids are already out. And they're going to reproduce what you let your kids do and their grandkids. So you've got to say something like this. You've got to say, hey, listen, you've got five more minutes. You've got five more minutes. And in five minutes, I'm going to come back. And I want this to be off. You've got to finish the game. Whether it takes you more than five minutes or not, you're going to be done. And if you don't, tomorrow night, you get no phone privileges. Tomorrow night, you get no computer privileges. Tomorrow night, you don't get to, you don't get to be on the, on the phone at all. And you have to make sure you have eyeball contact, right? Do you hear me? Five minutes. I expect it to happen. Now, here's what happens. You come back in five minutes, and you say, okay, it's done. Let's go. And if it doesn't happen, this is where you have to take their phone tomorrow night. Now you say, yeah, pastor, that's why it says swears to my own hurt. It keeps them out of my hair. You know, when they're in there, they're not bugging me. Well, it's true, but it is to your own hurt because they're going to have an attitude for a while. Young people, we were all there too. Don't worry, I'm not picking on you. But, But yeah, it's swearing to our own hurt in the sense that we have to follow through with the threat that we made. Now listen, don't make threats that are unenforceable. You're not going to be on that phone for a year. I'm going to take that phone away and you're never going to see it again. See, that, they, they know that's not true. I'm going to take your car away for a month. You can't afford to do that. That means you've got to take them to all those places. But you can take it away this weekend. You've got to, you've got to follow through with what you say, parents. If not, you are teaching your kids to be disrespectful. You are teaching them how to treat you. Now, it's true, school teachers, God bless you. How many of y'all are at public education or private schools? God bless you. We love you. And, you know, you have to practice this all the time, don't you? You have to make it, and you, well, teachers are a lot better at it than most of us that are not teachers. So you've got to let your yes be yes to God, and you've got to let your yes be yes to other people. Amen? And, and the thing is, God is patient with you. 
But Jesus knew it when he said this. He says, guys, quit making oaths that you're not going to keep. Let me build integrity in your heart that when you say something, I'm going to help you do it. He says, and what happens? You become a person of integrity. People trust you. People know that you mean what you say and you say what you mean. Here's the last thing. You can, we, we can, and we will learn to say yes to God, and we will learn how to let our yeses be yes to other people, but you've got to be careful what you say to yourself. Now, let me tell you what I mean. I, I'm going to use this word on this about inner vows. How many of you have heard somebody teach on inner vows? Now, we all operate in them because we've all made them. But here, here's what I mean by the inner vow. One guy says, inner vow is a self-directed and self-focused promise that we make to ourselves in response to a difficulty, a frustration, or a pain, or a failure. And what happens, we can say something that becomes a trap over our emotions, maybe even over our spirits. We can say things that... Um, we're like making a contract with ourselves. Now, that's why he says don't vow, don't vow. I mean, listen, if you're going through a bad situation, you're going through a breakup, man, your heart hurts. We, we understand, we, most of us all had that. I mean, I remember the first girl that broke up with me. You know, man, I mean, I cried for a long time. You know, and 20 minutes later, it's like, okay, we got to move on. You know, but, but I remember that was the worst 20 minutes of my life for a long time. You know, it was hard. No, it was worse than that, really. But we've all been there. But here's the thing. You have to say what you're going to do. Okay, i got to pick up. i got to go to work. i got to do this. Those are all yeses. But here's the vow that we make. I'm never going to let anybody hurt my heart again. I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to trust a man or a woman again. Now, they say that in the moment so intensely that it's like a vow to God, to everybody else, you tell your friends, you tell your mama, I'm never going to have another boyfriend. I'm never going to let a girl hurt me again like that. You tell people at work, and you know what you've done? You have made vows. And you're going to have a heart, and then you don't understand why, for a while, you just don't seem to have any love for anybody. And you seem like every guy you date's a jerk. Or every girl you hang out with has got enough luggage with her to you know, pack three trains, you know, and you, you don't understand. It's because I believe in the spirit realm, you broke God's word by not just letting your yes be yes and your no be no. And, and, and instead of saying, Lord, this hurt, God, this hurt, heal my heart. Lord, man, I blew it with that person. Or Lord, that person blew it. I just don't think I want to get involved with that person again. You're, you're making decisions, but you're not making value. How many of you understand what I'm saying? There's another level. Well, I mean, like, let me throw out some. I'll never forgive my father for what he did to me. That's a vow. That's an inner vow. That's a hard thing because guess what? God forgave you, and God's going to want you to forgive your dad. You may never have a close relationship with him, but God definitely wants you to forgive him. I, I will never forgive her or him for what he didn't do for our family. You make that vow, and guess what? You're, you're going to be hamstrung when it comes to honoring your mother and your father. And God says, honor your mother and your father. He doesn't say you're good mama and you're good daddy. He says, honor your mom and your father that your days will be long on the earth. Right? 
So God says, don't make vows that are going to hamstring you spiritually or relationally. I will never for forgive my mom for what she said to me. That was, it was hurtful. God, that hurt so much. Go back to your room and sit in that. God, that was hurtful. I never want to say, I don't ever want to do that to my kids. But don't vow, I'm never going to forgive my mom. I'll never, I'll never talk to my former spouse again. Can I just tell you? You may do it through a lawyer, but you're going to have to. What's your vows? I'll never love my stepdad. I'll never love my stepmom. I'll never let them love me. I'm just not going to let them love me. Can I just tell you, don't make that vow. Understand people are flawed. Understand people have pain in their heart. And hurting people hurt other people. But don't give in to those type of vows. I'll never go back to church again. When have I heard that? I'll never go back to church again because... Fill it in. <laughs> Services was too long. Preacher talked too long. The child care wasn't adequate. The preacher made a mistake. He had a blunder. I heard him cuss. I know he, he I saw, I, I, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. Can I just tell you? I've gone to many baseball games. I used to have season tickets to Tampa Bay Rays. And guess what? I know a lot of those players just didn't seem like they were sincere enough to play the game of baseball. Sometimes I would judge them, and I'm going, you know, but I never did say, I'm not going back to a game because I don't like the third baseman. I mean, here he is, he gets another $20 million, and he leaves our team and goes to Boston. I'm talking about, you know, Bulgaria. You got to let it go. Let it go. There'll be another third baseman to be overpaid. You know, there's one coming in. I always put myself first in the future. That's one people make. Man, I'm, ne I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to be a doormat again. I will always make sure my, my, I take care of myself first. Now, there's a boundary where that's not a bad thing, but you can make a vow to where you become very selfish and self-centered. I'll never love again. I'll, I'll always be a drunk. I'll always be an addict. People say that sometimes, and guess what? They fulfill it. So, you have to confess vows that you make as sin like let me just ask you a question y'all be real honest okay do you think there's any inward vows that you've made in your past even me just mentioned a few of these now the holy spirit if you ask him will show you inner vows that you've made that could be hindering you right now but how many of you just hear me mention them think that maybe perhaps there's been a time when you said something like that that it's hindered. Let me see your hands. I just want y'all to be, because I know I'm not the only one. Okay. Now, let me just tell you. God's word to you is, hey, I'm merciful. I know you said it in the heat of the moment. I know that maybe you've even tried to change your mind about it, but you're finding some conflict. Can I just tell you, you've got to give those things to God. You've got to call them what they are. Jesus says, if you say more than yes, yes, or no, no, you're giving into evil. Powers of darkness are always around trying to trip us up. Always. And inner vows is a very strong thing. So here's what you do. You repent. That means you change your mind. You say, you might say something like this. God, my dad was a jerk. Lord, my mom was a mess. I mean, she, she was a messed up lady. God help her. But that's where you change your mind. But God, you loved her. You loved her. God, you loved her. 
Lord, I renounce. I repent. I change my mind. And I renounce it. I renounce it. I take it back. God, I'm sorry I said that. I renounce it. You've got to do those two things. Repent, that means change your mind, and you need to renounce it. You say it with your mouth. I renounce those things. And it could be anything. It could be, I'll never forgive my husband for having an affair. I'll never forgive my, my son for doing what he did to my daughter. I mean, there's so much life represented in this congregation, guys, and there's so much pain that, I mean, great things all over the place. But guys, life isn't always just great, amen? We have pain, and sometimes we make the wrong responses, and God is always merciful, and he's always there to meet us at that point, but we have to meet him there. So he says, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. He says, say yes to God, sign the sheet, Jesus I'm going to do what you ask me. Let your yes be yes and follow through to people you love, your family especially. And then to yourself, take back those things. Take back those things. I'm going to ask, uh, we're going to close here in just about two minutes, but uh, as, as some great closing music comes on, <laughs> would you just acknowledge that God is working in your life and just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Keep working in my life. And yes, Lord, help me to change in my attitudes and the things that I need to change. And Lord, help me to renounce those things. Can you do that? Will you bow your hearts and your heads with me? And let's, let's uh, commit these things to the Lord this morning. Can you say amen? Man, we all need to say yes. Lord, I thank you for every single heart that's here. This may be some first-time guests today. That, that you brought them here specifically to hear the worship that they heard and to experience the love of God that they heard and to hear this word. And Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to, to take it into our hearts and let us respond to the light that you're putting into our hearts. God, if there's something we need to renounce, help us. If there's something we need to affirm, help us. God, if there's something we need to change, give us grace to do it. God, there's things we need to add to our lives, give us grace to do it. Lord, if you've shown us some people that we need to talk to, God, give us grace to do it. Lord, if you've convicted us, any of us, Lord, that we need to ask our wives or our kids to forgive us for saying that we were going to do something and we haven't done it, then Lord, give us grace to do that quickly. So, Lord, I thank you, God, for your great grace, your great mercy to us, and your great love for us. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.